Ba 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 ba. Yep, like a freaking pro, baby. I, I love you too, Brian. <laughs> one take. One take. I almost threw you off. I love Rory's <laughs> content, and the reason I can't react to it is because I always make content about two to five times as long as it starts, and your content's oh, yeah. too long. <laughs> so I watch it, but I can't react to it because I, I take just, too long to react to things. People clip. were like, why don't you make your own content? And I was like, what's well, five times the original length? Does that count? And then somebody else was like, why don't you just show their videos? You know, that's just called reposting. You know what's, like, you know what's the best part? about those people the best part that i find about those people is that they'll go into a reaction video and then complain that it's a reaction video and it's like you do realize that youtube will suggest videos based on your previous watch experience yeah. so if you're watching a reaction video and they were suggested to you by youtube probably means you watch a lot of reaction videos you're just uh yeah it's being weird <laughs> yeah also they were like i just want to watch the original then do it yeah. then do it it's a <laughs> yeah it's right now <laughs> yeah it's uh, uh the, the human condition's a funny one it's because like oh you only post negative videos i only see you on those videos i think you only watch negative videos yeah it's like control your feed man control your feed control Ryan, your life have you done the math did you know we're gonna cross four thousand youtube posts this year i did not Congratulations. Yeah, that's one yeah. thing we are. So people are like, you guys are just one thing. Really? If that is not followed by the word a lot, then I don't know what one thing sums us up. <laughs> yeah. We are quantity. Uh, isn't it isn't it amazing how like we, we might get tons and tons of comments? The ones that always stick in our memory are the nastiest ones. It's, it, it's always the ones that say might be like a million comments from my worst yeah. comments. She yeah. calls it, me the nicknames from my worst comments regularly. Her favorite is condescending tool. Yeah. Condescending tool. Yeah, Chris is yeah. such a condescending. <laughs> that's her favorite. Tool. That's her favorite YouTube comment I've gotten. <laughs> the uh, my, it, my it, favorite was you're so out of touch now that you guys are just rich from YouTube. <laughs> Dude, I I, lo like, I love like I was sitting on the couch, and my wife came out, and there were literally just tears streaming down my face. It's like the, the worst. I, I think I saw that video. You guys made a video about that. How someone said that you guys mm -hmm. were like rich off of YouTube, and I'm like. I've seen their numbers. You have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> like I watched their channel, like rich off of YouTube. Yeah. yeah right. Like, Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> it is the, uh, content creation is, is this weird gap of like, there is a, there's a handful of people who do really well. And then there's everybody else. And it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like here. people, People will watch like it. The Rory People. made fun of the commenter and us in one go. Yeah, <laughs> they're a moron, and I've seen their numbers. Those guys suck. Yeah. I didn't say you sucked. I'm saying you're not rich off of YouTube. Neither am I. But I'm just like, I've seen the numbers. They're definitely not rich I've off seen of their YouTube. numbers. Those guys are hardly even YouTubers. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are probably pumping out more content than I am. What are you talking about? That's what we're good at. We're good at making stuff. But it's, it's like the, the thing is people will watch like um, a PewDiePie video and then they'll see someone that might have like, I don't know, a hundred thousand views or something on a video and they'll be like, that guy's rich. Look, he's got a hundred thousand views on one video. He's rich. Like he's probably buying a Porsche right now. <laughs> you really don't understand. It's interesting. And, and, I, I think it's from 2005 and it's a manual and yesterday it stalled at a traffic light with the clutch in. <laughs> but it's mostly because there's just too much money in the in the gas tank. <laughs> you're just like you just got so lazy. Like, I'm not even gonna go. Just died. 
Oh, I'm, not e- I'm not even going to go to the to the gas pump anymore. I'll just put like $100 bills into the tank and hope the car runs. Run. This car now runs car, on money. Car go brr. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's oh, uh, I, it's interesting. I always kind of view those kind of comments as uh, as clickbait comments because they're yeah. they are eye catching. And so then it's just like, all right, I can I can avoid that. In fact, actually, I saw like a comment on Ginger Gaming Radio. And I just replied to it with a crying, laughing face because it was like, I don't know what, like, if you're serious, you need to see somebody professionally because it's called growing up. Like, it's like, if you're, if I hope to God, you're a child and not an adult. I I specifically mark my channels as not for kids. It doesn't mean I don't cuss. And I told somebody, I was like, if I need to start opening up my videos with some swear words to get these immature Uh, children. Billy get these, D, uh, keep get the these children kids out. out of here, yeah. you know, like with the like, no, oh, listen. like, uh, you know, it, it is like, I hope to That'll... God you're not an adult. Like when, when I see those kind of comments, I'm like, if you're an adult, seek out help. Like just call somebody like I will Google for you. You know, I, you need to talk to somebody because like you read your comment listen. back to yourself. It's ridiculous. You can't you can't cuss in like the first minute. Okay, if you want to if you want to cuss, you got to wait until, at least until that first minute. I don't want to cuss, but if they make me do it, Dad, freaking flam it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I I used to know I I used to know. I mean, I still know him. Um, I have this friend of mine who he used to work at at Blizzard as PR, and therefore, whenever we were streaming, he couldn't cuss. And it's so weird to me because, like, I actually have, uh, in my opinion, I have a terrible vocabulary, English vocabulary, because a lot of times when I, I, just I don't, don't understand say, you right now, cuss. can you repeat that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll I'll just cuss when I can't think of of something that that I wanted to say. I'll just be like, oh, then it's 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 just not very creative, right? And and this guy, he would go like fudge and and all of these other things. It's <laughs> always like that's amazing. I wish I could do that. That'd be so much more brand friendly. <laughs> you should hear my wife though. Like my wife has got like a mouth, like a sailor and she will. I'm like, but I told her, I was like, if any of the kids start, start swearing, just, you just blame me. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I told her that. I was like, Hey, if they, if they start swearing, you can be like, Dad, come at Brian, like my husband, geez. And I said, also, I told her, I was like, if she ever just farts, I I'll just cover that one. Like I I've got that bullet, you know? So if we're ever out in public, I, I, I told her this hands down, like hands to God. I was like, I got you. Like I will, I will literally like, do not feel embarrassed. You just look at me and I'm going to be like, I'm so sorry. I must've been something I ate. That's love, baby. (laughs) Taking the fall for your wife's farts. That is indeed. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Pro tip, you know, so marriage advice, just just lean over to your girl and be like, baby, if you ever fart in public, (laughs) that's on me. You, you just, you just look at me and, I don't, I, yeah. I don't think that's, I don't think that's a big turn on though. Somehow I, I, I wasn't I, saying as a turn on, I'm saying that, that like, you know, yeah, I'm just, you know, you just, I'm you just thankful online dating was not something we had to do. If it's like, write down something that's that you bring to the table. This is what I offer. <laughs> this is a part of the package. Baby. Totally this, is not, this is not women's number one pain point in dating. Uh, yeah. But who's going to own it if I deal it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> only Brian answered that question before the first date. Yeah. Only so, Brian. Yeah. What do you know about so him? Just out, of, just out of curiosity and off topic, did you did you ever uh, feel like going back to WoW, Chris? Because I know that you dropped off it. I thank God you didn't direct that at me. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> oh, I, I know. I know you looks good. Yeah. So uh, Diablo two releases t- today, right? Today. 
Um, and yeah, like all my friends are going in and I, I just can't do it yet. Um, I'm, yeah. I want to go back. I do. So like there is a path to redemption. The problem is that it was a series of things that went wrong and it takes, you know, psychologically it takes 10 good things for every bad thing to equal out. And so like 9.1.5 being good, especially when the definition of good is that they're doing all the crap that was told to them before Shadowlands dropped. Like, right. is that, you don't win an award for that. It's like, Hey, right. I accidentally lit your house on fire, but I have really great news. I finally called 911 and I got the fire department here. You're welcome. Like that, that, so that like that. We're gonna need more than that, guys. We're gonna need more than that. Um, so I think yes, I appreciate it because you have a phone. Mine was in the house, so like I do appreciate that you called, but like we're we're gonna need more than that. Um, so I think there's a path to redemption. I hope they're on it, but like I don't owe them walking that path with them. I think uh, I think uh, the Blizzard name needs to be retired, and they just. Get just take on the Activision Insight rumor. I don't think in that regards. I, I like I don't at this think point. I don't think they're coming back from this because, like, if you pay attention to the to the recent news we had, like the Overwatch director also ditched the the their chief legal officer as they just got sued at some point this week. She's like, you know what? I'm out. <laughs> she left the chief legal officer. I've, I've been at companies where people like that leave, and it means one of two things. People leave companies. That yeah. happens. They get to yeah, another yeah. point in their career, something in their personal life. But also, another reason they leave is that they are in a position of compliance keeping. And if a company is at an uphill battle where they cannot remain compliant, right? If you're the head of marketing and you guys get sued, that person would be like, not my job. If you're the head of legal and you get sued, this is your job. Yeah. So if you look down and you go, wow, I'm about to be the donkey they pin this thing on. And I don't want anything to do with that. Like, you have yeah. to leave. You have I'm to out leave. I, I literally worked at a medical company that got investigated by Medicare and it turns out that they were committing Medicare fraud um, on the billing side because they realized that they could make way more money if I instead of billing fraud. some patients once, they billed them twice. Like you make way more money, it turns out. Uh, the math on <laughs> billing patients twice is just, you know, 10 out of 10 would say it's more money. Oh and so it, it turns out in some cases they were double billing certain <laughs> insurance companies because uh, it made more money. Well, they hired a CPA right before this investigation. That CPA came in and then like promptly quit. And we all didn't know why, because we didn't know this was going on. Uh, and so like that person left because that would have been the person who came in and said, we need to take these corrective actions. And I bet the corrective actions were pay back what you took. And based on the way it all turned out with hindsight of watching that company slowly implode um, after I left, just watching it slowly dissolve into it's not a company anymore. Um, he, they probably said, here's the actions we need to take. Oh, wait, those are impossible. Because Medicare came and said, hey, it's no big deal. Just pay us back. They spent it. There is no paying them back. That money's like, gone. That money's gone. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so when you see stuff like this, it could be as little as nothing. And it could be as high as I know enough to know what we need to do to move from here. And that set of actions are literally not possible. So this can only end poorly and my name's going to be on the door yeah and i'm not done working so i'd like to save the rest of my career so i'm going to not be the person in the headlines yeah. thank you i i don't i don't uh believe that gamers are really going to have an impact i think essentially just like with like any kind of big case this is going to come down to tax evasion like at the end of the day like what's going to end up being kind of the pin and in, in the linchpin is when the government didn't get its cut like 
gamers are like, if you're going and playing Diablo 2, I'm not here to judge you, but I'm not going to be playing Diablo 2. And Guys, it's, that's that's my it, choice, and that's that's what I'm gonna. My follow brothers through. are playing. It was an immensely yeah. positive memory for them. Like, yeah. I mean, they played WoW with me, and I played Diablo with them growing up. Right. Diablo meant to them what WoW meant to me. And if WoW Classic right. was launching for the first time today, and the friends that I played WoW vanilla with wanted to play, yeah, that's a very different spot than where I'm at. It's a heart, and that's the thing. It's like this, there's the game. There's a real personal relationship people have with the games, and it's easy to sit here and say. You know, like game is good. This is great because that's what we see time and time again. You know, like as long as the game is good, like it doesn't matter what people's objection is. Oh my gosh, you lost one person, and this isn't. This is kind of the cynic in me, but this is just what the numbers show. In fact, sometimes these kind of horrors end up leading to bigger sales because it turns out the vast majority of gamers that are uh, that are engaged are incredibly small minority of gamers overall and just getting more information out there tends to drive up the sales in this case though like they're they've had like years after years after years and so i think what the the, the crack in the armor is with these games and these companies is that they haven't had the game good game protection everybody every expansion i've like wow has had another wave of players saying I have to separate from 13 years. I have to separate from 16 years. I'm separating like they are making this massively hard decision to leave this community. And then, and then on top of that, then you obviously have all this, like just horror stories about how the company has been run, et cetera. I think essentially what could save them is a massive change of leadership. I think what will ultimately be the thing is that they're going to either be in such a bad spot. Someone's just going to acquire or they're going to dissolve Blizzard and they're going to just rebrand. And uh, rebranding is probably the most practical thing to happen that you can start to sit here and say over time because they don't care about the old guard. They're more All interested new people in new people. And the old exactly. name is, is burned. Right. So, so like, bad name. Let's go new new name. You know, bad name, new people. That that seems like a rebrand. Well, especially like if, if everybody's new and then you have this toxic name, like it's just easy to be like, guys, we really thought about it, and we this is this is the plan forward because you know Warzone massively popular. But you right? only get to do it once, right? So make the changes under the old name. Make the changes under Blizzard before the rebrand. Because if you rebrand and you're not yeah. done fixing the problems, all you've done right. is burn the new name. Right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like new name. Here's the here's the plan forward. Here's there we go. And people think that's what Dreamhaven was, but if you guys if you really break it down, no. those problems were under the people who were running Dreamhaven. Yeah. You know, exactly. it's like, okay, like maybe, maybe they got their, their stuff figured out. I don't Dreamhaven know. Dreamhaven has also made no games, some really nice promises. Yeah. So there was a, a while back that Google was called in on a, a lawsuit or something, and they made a public statement. I don't remember if it was in the hearing or independent of this, where they said that we should move to a time where advertising companies cannot uh, buy, sell, use personal data to target ads because it's predatory in nature. Effectively, that was the TLDR of some statements they made. That's a really nice statement to make from on top of the mountain that they built on targeted ads. Yeah. So like when Dreamhaven comes out and says, we will never take money from anybody that we don't have to. Um, we want to remain in control of our games and make, you know, make it entirely about the player, not about the money. That's a really nice set of statements that Dreamhaven can make on their pile of money that they made from building Blizzard, mm -hmm. which didn't yeah. have those luxuries. Blizzard didn't sign with Activision because they were like, 
everything's going perfect. Blizzard signed with Activision and became part of the Activision family because they needed the money. Yeah. And so like, that's really nice that they're now in a position, you know, you win the lottery and then you go, yeah, I used to, you know, I used to eat at such and such fast food chain, or I used to search shop at such and such box stores. And like, I just heard they're really mean to their employees. So I'm just not going to shop there anymore, but they're the best, easiest and most convenient place to acquire goods. And you didn't make that statement until you had enough money that that didn't affect your bottom line right. anymore. So like, it's hard to want to like give a big shiny golden award to Dreamhaven for saying something now right. that they didn't say when it would have been a harder statement. I, I still think, and especially to Art's point, like, I think as long as Dreamhaven comes out with a, a, an incredible game that, okay, it doesn't matter what happens in in the boardroom. It doesn't matter who got yelled at and got their feelings hurt. Game good, people got paid, etc. Game bad, more games bad, breaking, you know, that that is the armor. That is the armor that a lot of this wears because as gamers, like it yes. should be about the game and, it, and yes. it is. And then when it crosses over into real life, that's where you have that tension that as a human being, it's like, am I supporting like this, this horrible behavior? And honestly, I'm not a fan of Kotech or Activision. And I've long stated this publicly and gotten plenty of uh, feedback and, and <laughs> uh, on it is that I think Feed Activision is feedback. far worse than EA, but Activision has the nostalgia and Activision has Blizzard and Activision, like, They've got things that protect them in good in good game. Like they got good game armor, they're set. But EA, like it's like they had good game armor, they don't right? Have and that now anymore. it's like that's when people start to have this this crisis, right? Like, should I go and play Diablo or should I go into this? It's, I go say go play what you want. It's your choice. Yeah, but I'm not. It's it's like to me Diablo two is is particularly painful because like I grew up with Diablo two and yeah, so I would be and, I'd be yeah. like in high school. And instead of like paying attention to class, I'd be like, okay, so I'm going to do a build with this necromancer. It's going to have this amount of dexterity so that I can equip this weapon. It's going to use these skills that synergize. Like I'd be planning out builds in, in my friggin' high school classes. Like I was that level of addicted. I love that game. I'm the and youngest one here and was not allowed to play it on launch because it was M for mature. <laughs> but it's like that game was so special to me. And then all of this stuff happens. And I was like, I can't do it. Like, treat your people well. Like, j just treat your people well. Can you just treat your people well? Is, is that too hard? Just like pay them a living wage for crying out loud. There's people over there that are skipping meals. Living eight people in like a house that was designed for three. Like, well, pay your people. Jesus Christ. It's like, so it's not like Bobby That's happening at Apple. Yeah. And Apple plays their people. There's people that work at Apple and Google and stuff that live in vans. Um, because... That's just the California. Yeah, market. but Apple sucks too. I, I used to like <laughs> Apple. But... I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's not exclusive to the gaming industry. That's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a regional problem. Um, from Portland all the way to Southern California, that is a coastal problem. Um, and it happens in New York and all that. You have apartments in New York that are a third of the size of an average hotel room. So and, and people are supposed to call that a living quarters, and some of them don't live in those places alone. So um that, that is something that just happens anytime you have immense wealth and immense population density in the same area as yeah. the people at the bottom get squeezed into toothpaste tubes. And yeah, so, yeah. but to play in... devil's advocate, yeah. um, people have used phrases such as it's not that hard. If it really wasn't that hard, if there really was no cost or um, constant vigilance required to treat people with respect, if it was something that just happened naturally, we would never have to have these conversations. Yeah. So there must yeah, be yeah. something complex 
I understand the idea is simple, but there must be something complex about execution or this wouldn't keep happening. I think the complexity of execution in most of these situations that we watch is just like, can I make more money by ignoring people's well-being? Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. then that's what I'm going to do. And that sucks. But that that is what people end up doing, which is it's yeah. it's a hard line because essentially like when you look at it, I think that's one of the things that we've seen in the market over the course of the last several years in terms of. I've seen like CEOs saying like, it's not in the country's interest. It's not in society's interest that we do this, but I have a fiduciary responsibility to vote yes, because otherwise I'm in violation of the law. And the law so that there are definitely things and in, in, things in the chain that like absolutely need to be reviewed. But these, these I, systematic problems are like, we have to vote that we fire all these people because it's the in the best interest. And it's I I, I the honestly I, or the shareholder you have a legal obligation to yeah. protect the investment that your shareholders have given you, even if it is not in the ethical best interest. And so you, to fight During, that, you need to be on very solid grounds. And and then it comes down to I think it's also on usually that those kind of mindsets when I look at it are usually short term. You know, they're not thinking. Yeah. Five years quarter over quarter, years. not right. decade quarter over decade. quarter, not yeah. That, and where it's like when that's you actually something that that I brought up in, in one of my videos, which is like one of the reasons why World of Warcraft has been a bad product consecutively is because most people are making short term decisions, decisions that impact their numbers on the short term. But then you also have to look at, but why are these people making these short term decisions instead of investing it in the long run? Because they're also on short term contracts and they have to think about the bottom line. And it's like, listen. If my numbers are up in this quarter, that means this quarter I'm going to get paid. Next quarter, I might not be here. That might not be my problem anymore. And it's like if people maybe had, you know, better contracts uh, and conditions and stuff like that, maybe they'd be like, hey, you know what? Maybe this quarter will take a bit of a hit, but the game will be better. And then next quarter we'll have even bigger numbers. Then they would be able to look ahead. But the thing is, at the end of the day, it's like if I'm not going to be here in three months, then I better make my money while I'm here. And that's the mentality that I feel like a lot of people, particularly in like the systems design of, wow, especially, that's the mentality that they bring to it. Especially in an like, industry hey. where you might not be hired for another six. Exactly. So like, you, oh, you just want that big pile of money. I've hung out with developers at these big companies in person. It's so that they can live in these tiny apartments and drive their old old Hondas. Like it, it, they're they're getting that big pile of money so that they can stretch it out so until the next survive. game gets funded. So mm -hmm. like it's not this like immense. It's not like well the problem is like Ian and Jay can't ever decide who's whose island to go back to for the weekend. Like that they're not like yes some of them make good livings but we're not talking about um, you know when you talk about the people who get paid a lot. There are people who have been in the industry an immense time. There's very few of them. And their definition of a lot is nothing compared to other sectors. Gaming is, mm -hmm. for the amount of the money that gaming makes as a whole, it is a very select few that are capturing an enormous percentage of that. The average person, the mean, the people in the middle, most of them are doing this out of passion. Um, and it's what makes Final Fantasy XIV so unique, is that ability to balance getting the patch out on time today and looking forward. Uh, a lot of people go, well, they do it because they're passionate. It can't just be passion or more games would be good because there is a lot of passion in the industry yeah. and they're like well you know it has to be that you know oh well i've even seen people like well it's just japanese work ethic if it was just japanese they wouldn't have yoshi p in charge of like 16 freaking projects because you would just hire another japanese guy because i don't know if you know how japan works but there's a lot of people in japan from japan <laughs> so if it was as simple as hiring somebody that was born in japan you wouldn't have yoshi p in charge of everything there's clearly something unique about his brand of guess, leadership that works guess what 
the guy the guy who did 1.1 1.0 he was also japanese didn't yeah. turn out that good <laughs> his yeah. worth thing his uh, work ethic is it turns out that didn't work. square right. enix has had bad launches i don't know if anybody heard of avengers but it wasn't golden shiny unicorns on day one it wasn't built in japanese it was on the uh <laughs> crystal Montreal. dynamics site those Canadians, no, I don't know. Those uh, Canadians. Uh, at GS says, uh, LOL, game devs seem to be paid worse than those who work on like e-commerce platforms and stuff. And this is a fact. In fact, uh, I hired a lot of people out of uh, Gearbox. A lot of people will be spending time working on that Borderlands and eventually going like, you know what I would like to do is I'd like to eat. And it's like, well, come on over. So I've, I, have a, right. I have a lot of good right. relationships with they selfishly uh, former... want their kids to be able to sign up for an extracurricular activity. They selfishly are aware that their mortality will one day call for retirement. Yeah. Like we're not talking about like, I need to swap my car in for Ferrari. We're talking about like, if my water heater breaks, that needs to be a thing that I can deal with. <laughs> like it's not yep. crazy. So I think a lot of people are like associated with immediately. Well, the problem is that games just want to make money. Yeah. Yeah. Because after this game, they want to make another game. And in the meantime, their mortgage company is not like, well, you made a good game, so don't even pay this month. Like, yeah. they're going to expect <laughs> their money on the first of every month. And so, like, do gamers want to make money? Yes, but that doesn't have to be at odds with good game development. I think that's been what's made 14. That's been 14's unique ingredient, is that they seem to be able to balance multiple levers at the same time. Mm -hmm. Any one of those levers on its own would not get them where they are. It seems to be that they're balancing the levers better than anybody else. Um, and they're not perfect at it, but the bar over the last two years was set so low that like Square Enix being able to just keep their house not on fire, um, you know, as the metaphor of the day, like that's put them in a position to be considered the most successful company. Like right now, is Shadowbringers perfect? No, but it's doing a lot better than some of the other guys. <laughs> But it's the best one when it comes to what they are doing, which is like an MMO expansion. As far as I'm concerned, there's, oh, yeah. there's it's phenomenal. That's, what we, came out of, that's what we came out of the last media tour saying. And people like, oh, it's, you're getting paid to say that. You're getting like, paid to say that. Uh, no, Dude, I, like, we're not. That, that's another <laughs> thing that I love. I love when people go and they're they're like, oh, yeah, clearly this this person was clearly paid to, to say that. Clearly. And, and, it, it, it always bothers me because it's like, do you not realize that if you are paid to say something you and say you it. do yeah. not disclose that, that you can literally just go to jail. Right to jail. You can right to jail. Unless you're running a TV show. Right to jail. You don't have to, you don't have to show, yeah. you don't have to show product placement on TV show. It, it can be a single line in the credits that does not tell them what like, product, how much, or how much, how much somehow shilling for a video game does not seem to be does not seem to me like to be a, a good thing that i would take a risk of going to jail for yeah. i will say unless, that unless if square like enix is million. listening i will say if square enix is listening here's what i propose if you never give me money i will continue talking about your games passionately because i love what you guys do but if you would like to give me money I will continue talking about your games because I'm passionate <laughs> about them and I will do it. So like, if that sounds like the kind of deal you're interested in, there are people like, I love that you guys don't cast checks from Square Enix. I will tell you that's because there aren't checks, but like if Square Enix wants to offer yeah, checks, exactly. if you're listening, I will cash those checks and keep doing exactly <laughs> what I'm already doing. It's, it's, it's so weird. Cause no problem. Like, it, it's so weird. Cause like when it, whenever I like a video game, sometimes I do get the, the odd comments. Like how much did you get paid by, you know, you sometimes it'll be Capcom cause I'm super passionate about monster. How much did you get paid by Capcom to do this? But recently I did a video where I, I made a heavy critique 
on Tales of Arise. And it's like, I got sent the ultimate edition of Tales of Arise for free for coverage, right? And so I make a video criticizing it. Somehow there's nobody there asking me, how much did you get paid to make this video? Instead, there's people there. You're just a crybaby. And it's like, oh. <laughs> come again. Ask me one so, of the other, man. You yeah, it's like, you, you can't no, no, it. you can't. It's, it's, Endwalker <laughs> looks like it's, Endwalker is a rare chance. Endwalker will be a rare opportunity. And so I will say that negative critique on Endwalker will likely be poorly received. Um, because Endwalker is a right out the gate. Up. Like let's say, let's say Endwalker's a dead, let's you know, worst case scenario. Looking back, right. Because right. the story ultimately compared to the total hours you right. spend in the game, as much as people care about story story in this game is what 300 hours out of people who've spent thousands. So like total percentage of the game, the longer you play, the less story is what drives you logging it. Um, you found something else. So let's say post story, we realize yeah, it was a great story, but we got out the other side. The dungeons are boring. The trials are boring. The loot system sucks. They, you know, they move to a relic system that is universally hated. What happens? Right. Obviously, we're not hoping for that. Obviously, we're hoping for another one of the greatest expansions of all time. Shadowbringers has been one of the best expansions so, I've ever played. So for me, it's like if Endwalker out of the gate is a dud, I'll be like, okay, you guys missed the mark on this one, but you have such a solid track record up until this point that I'm willing to give you another shot. On your next one like i probably won't play Endwalker as much since you know take a break. It sucks or whatever. yeah take a break and i'll and i'll see you in yeah. the next one or something like that or maybe i'll come back if because you know they also have a history of patching things properly like yoshi p was patching friggin 1.0 yeah when it was a, a burning dumpster fire and adding like quality of life <laughs> what does stuff. he call it an unmitigated disaster yeah, yeah i think that's the phrase he used yes it was like when that thing was a burning dumpster fire, Yoshi P was like making 2.0 and at the same time fixing 1.0 to put it in the playable state. So it's not like I'll see you in 7.0. It'll be like, okay, I'll see what you guys do for the next patch. Like I'll, I'll, I'll come back and I'll check it out because there's a lot of goodwill. Even if Endwalker is a total dud, there's still a lot of goodwill there. It's not like, you know, where Blizz with Blizzard you have like, Oh, here's Warlords of Drainer. Oh, well, that sucked. Here's Legion. Well, that had a lot of content. It also had a lot of problems. Here's BFA. Well, that sucked. Here's Shadowlands. Well, that sucks. It's like, you know, it's not like we've reached that point, which is why, like, I almost feel like Cataclysm wasn't that great. But, you know, you're coming onto Cataclysm on the backs of uh, Burning Crusade, Wrath of the Lich King, which were amazing expansions. So people are like, okay, so Cataclysm was not the best but you know well you guys had a, a bit of an off one maybe and uh, you know maybe the next one will be better except the next one they did was miss a pandera and i was like screw that shit that's <laughs> so the one I, that made me quit the first time I, yeah I, me too yeah <laughs> <laughs> i i'm kind of the odd man out like i you know i only recently quit wow having recently played it so it's like all right i uh, quit miss and was rewarded by missing warlords so i was like well so far this seems to be working out and off <laughs> and off my strategy um, I think when it comes down like the, the just the odds that Endwalker could suck would be astronomically large because like we'd have to define like what would qualify as a bad game, what would qualify as as a suck. Obviously, like if it doesn't function, can't run, you can't log in, that's a technical hurdle. Um, they've gotten a lot better at that. They've gotten so much better at that right. So like I'm not no worried about that. Like okay, yeah, there might be server queue times because we're gonna have a wave of people coming back to the game that have been taking a break. It's We've gonna got, be the yeah. biggest. No more Ravon. No more Red Chocobo. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's gonna be the biggest launch they've ever had. But okay, story doesn't live up. Like 
does it suck? Like, probably not. Like, okay, could maybe some things have been done differently? Like, there's going to be, like, feedback and critique, right? I think the only possible way that 14 sucks is that the development team stop listening and stop communicating. Because at the end of the day, let's say they get something wrong. So, oh, Scholar, darn it, you know, it's not what it is. Or Sage, just really not Best there. Best healer. But, well, yeah, and a Scholar could come out and be, like, just the powerhouse healer. And it's then that's that would be awesome. I love it when people like assume and then God, it's like I hope the, it the, the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate scholar healer, all scholars, all scholars for an eight man scholar world first ultimate. Let's happen, yeah. you know, something insane. Um, but that all being said, right, the uh, I think that it would actually not be a game function because they've already proven they've built the trust. We've established that they would have to go so hard into terms of like not listening and not communicating because that's where when we see it with other games that's where the content creators have to come in and start filling in the gaps with their personal theories and those theories become the mythos and then that becomes clearly this is what that company's doing yoshi p puts a stop to all that by at a minimum at a minimum two live letters discussing it yep having every patch every patch so you're right, you're you're right. getting a so direct job action trailer live letter. Um, one of the it's, comments it's in the job action live letter trailer when we were covering it was um, it was their first time watching a live letter and they caught the jo job action live letter, which is a bold first one. It's long, it's dense, and it sets a hard precedent because the other ones are not as revealing right. unless they're like the fan fest ones. Right, and you um, know those when they're like, we have a special guest coming yeah, to talk yeah, about yeah. quest design. All right, part two, guys, not really going to yeah. be your, your, your thing. Not going to be your thing, thing unless you're a passionate hardcore fan, right? That's yeah. the extra credits, extra DLC interview with the writer or whatever. So those happen. So like, that is your first live letter. Somebody goes, Blizzard never does these. False. Blizzard does those exact live letters every single year at BlizzCon. The reason you don't think about them is because they are wrapped up in all of BlizzCon and that's the only time they do it. So they do so little communication over the course of an expansion. You hear from them a handful of times, six, seven, eight times per expansion, as opposed to the OCP has been confirmed for the upcoming media tour to be in 70 plus interviews for the one event, his last Q and A with the fans tied to a live event had 43 questions. He does two live letters minimum per patch. He writes letters to apologize to us when something happens. He writes letters to celebrate with us for things like anniversaries or record setting moments. Like, so we hear from Yoshi B a hundred or more times annually. So for you to say them to stop communicating, you're absolutely right. But we would see that coming because right now he's talking to us a hundred times a year. Yeah. And it doesn't give it that that gives uh the room to be able to for us as content creators to point to the source as opposed to we don't know what's happening, but we can then infer. And humans are naturally right. going to make that inference. So it, whether you put the label of content creator on it or not, this is the same concept of Reddit and forum posts, etc. It's just that within content creation it ends up having the the reach that something like a like a written post just might not. Unless it was which, coming from which like Wild is done. Right. Blue Blue Post is referring to the fact that people in chat are talking about blue posts. Blue posts are referring to when Blizzard posts something officially on the forums because it changes the letters blue. And so they became referred to as blue posts. And those are official responses from Blizzard. And so we do get things in blue posts and Wowhead breaks those down. But Wowhead's breakdown and deep dives are still not as long as a live letter. It's like there's also the matter of, of arrogance, which Blizzard has always been very arrogant about their game. Like if you were following content creators early in into the Shadowlands cycle, like before Shadowlands came out, 
they have like interviews with um, content creators that are very good at dissecting the game, right? I would actually argue that a lot of the content creators are better at dissecting the game than a lot of the people on the development team because a lot of them don't even play the game. It's, it's, also this not is just under a fact. NDA, so they're yeah. allowed to say everything they think, even if part of it's wrong, as opposed to developers having to like dodge. Like, I want to but explain the, why this is important, but I can't. Yeah. But the thing to me is, is, is just like, it's so annoying to me that they don't play their own game. They don't even have like a mythic rating team that will do mythic content. So they, they'll do PTRs and get people to do it for them. And it's like in 14, P, there is no PTR. You don't see a raid before it comes out. Everybody experiences it day one. And I think that that is such a better experience for the community as a whole to just like, oh, Everybody goes into the raid at the same time. Everybody experiences it at the same time. Everybody has to figure it out on the same day because the team already tested it. Yeah. And beyond the, beyond is, the I'm beyond looking up Ian's character right now. That's good. To beyond, see what his prog is on current. I mean, that's right. That, but beyond the, the PCR though, it's that also that the data mining aspect of it. And we have, and all games have that, yeah. that problem, but date things get data mined and mined way sooner with a PTR as opposed to, um, you know, like where it comes out in, in 14. And that's where it's like, I would honestly, like if we were ever going to have that some kind of test server, it's like make it cloud streamed. So nobody could go in and just start mining it for all the information, all the mystery and adventure is like sucked up right out, you know, there, the new head of blizzard though, the new, uh, uh, Mike Ybarra and, and Jen, and I forget Coley. Jen's last name, but, um, yeah. Mike, he's, he's a, he's a Raider and they're even talking about playing in 14 as well. And I think that's a real core aspect. Yoshi P's philosophy from 1.0 to 2.0. This is why 14 is not going to suck. It's like, he's like, we got to play our game and live they in our game, game, right? Yeah. And it's like, when you go to 14 and that's where, like when, when you're looking up Ian's character for the raid, like that doesn't surprise me because you know what people love about WoW? It's the freaking raid, right? But if you're right, not, if, right. the, if they're the three of 10 on current mythic, but he's zero of 10 on current LFR. So when casual players feel like he's out of touch with them, He's so well geared in the game. He's also zero of 10 for LFR for Castle Navria. So when people say like now, you know, LFR is a disaster. It's kind of their story mode version of the raids. Ian's not doing LFR. And so like yeah. the head of your content is not doing LFR. He didn't do it in their eternal palace, crucible of storms battle. Like the last time he LFR did, he has doesn't touch been it. Trash. Yeah. But like when you say, when people accuse Ian of not being in touch with a portion of the game, right? So if LFR were to yeah. be corrected somehow, wouldn't you expect Ian to at least have done some LFR? So like, yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, he hasn't done it. And so he's, he is in mythic. And so like, he's, he's known as like one of the greatest encounter designers of all time in world of Warcraft. And so like mythic encounter design, people have been pretty happy with at least one fight every tier. Um, that's not where wow misses. It. I think they do play the game. I think the problem is that they do a very bad job of, communicating how they play um, and playing it in a diverse set of ways. It does feel like the 14 community has a very diverse set of ways. And so they're very careful to say, here's how we play. And it's not the only way. Um, when asked directly what the theme of Endwalker was, the head writer said, I don't want to give you the theme because I don't want that to set the tone. Right. Like if you, if you enjoy it, that's good enough. Endwalker in its case will either, you know, like blow everybody away. Like it's not, you're not going to make everybody happy, but it's going to be a, you know, it's going to be fine. Like whether you sit here and you're like, oh, I'm in love with it as much as I loved, uh, you know, Shadowbringers, or it's going to just sit here and just impress. They're doing something that we've never seen happen in this. We really don't know what that is. So I'm just trying to keep expectations in check, but I'm not worried about it because even if like the story doesn't like hit every note, they're still the team that's passionate, communicative, and 
they can and especially if it's like the issue is your job like your your job maybe is not something that that needs adjustment guess what there's another patch right around the corner Dude, and there's a patch right like, after that and you can almost set a clock to it so that you know like well going, maybe just play this other job for a couple months and then you know and we'll here, see here's the thing like going into Endwalker, this this has to be one of the first times that i'm going into an expansion and i'm like I'm going to play Paladin. I'm not even the least bit concerned as to how my job is going to perform, right. whether or not it's going right. to be viable. Yeah. And it's like, as someone that basically used to play Protection Warrior, I go into BFA, start a BFA, Warrior's not viable, I have to play something else. I go into Shadowlands, start a Shadowlands, Warrior's not viable, I have to play something else. It's like, oh, this is great. I just want to play Warrior, but I can't. I, I literally can't play the class that I want to play in World of right. Warcraft. Imagine that. Yesterday, Zeno was um, was watching uh, Limit Maximum go through uh, E9S blind, and he was he was commenting on it. And uh, chat started getting off on like some minutia about like how they were placing brambles. And then somebody asked why uh, one of the people was playing machinist, and chat started uh, you know memeing that they brought a machinist like because they wanted to make fun of their comp. And he's like, guys, why does it matter? He said, those of you that are memeing on comp selection in e9s right now that tells me that final fantasy 14 is the only other the only mmo you've ever played because final fantasy 14 is incredibly spoiled oh, yes. with how well the, the classes are balanced if oh, you yes. are freaking out about a class being unviable in final fantasy 14 this is the you only no mmo idea. you've ever played because yeah, you have never you have never been in an mmo like aeon or world of warcraft or something like that where final fantasy 11 you literally just it's it, it's not even usable yeah that's so where like that's well, they're where, like three, three percent Dragoon off in max from. damage great are yeah. you are, first of all do you even have best in slot gear and are doing a perfect rotation odds are one of those or both of those is not true second of all like no like the gaps are just so right. narrow yeah people we were moving on dark knight and dark knight was there. the first ultimate clear like it was like Dude. okay and it's like if you love the job you're gonna play it better than anybody else like that's like the freaking that's the freaking truth you're gonna put the time in and you're gonna crush on that job and you might yeah so like there is you know like outside the fun floor tank dragoon that 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 stems actually from that kind of concept of lol dragoon your dragoon was on a two hour timer and if it died you had to you you were out of commission for the rest of that time until you could summon your dragon again they eventually changed it but the sourcing of kind of laughing at dragoons you know was from that aspect and here it's just it's just a patch away if, if it is if it's fine. if it's truly out of balance and it's like you everybody brings like you look at it kind of a, a pendulum more damage versus a little bit more utility and if you think about it and you stop thinking about individual and you start focusing on your team dps you'll see that there's a better picture out there it's and your it's, gear it's is one of those on things so it, even it felt, if you want to shift you just shift yeah it it felt so good to, to like that the main thing that I was indecisive about which class I wanted to main is how much fun the classes were. And there was never a concern about, yeah, but is this one going to be viable? Is this going to work? And like, there was never that concern. It's like, all of them are viable. They're fine. They're freaking fantastic. Like you guys have no idea what it was like to be at, at the start of BFA in particular. It was so bad that like to give you an idea, I had done a mythic dungeon at plus eight. Right. Uh, so it's in my log. It's in the there's an, an app that tracks all these things. Raider.io. So I had like a good Raider.io score and I had proof that I had completed this dungeon on plus eight. And I'm trying to get into a group that's trying to do this dungeon on plus six, which is easier. 
and they would not take me because I was playing a warrior. Mm -hmm. They could have assumed you bought your eight. And to put that in perspective for 14 players, what happens, what, what, what mythic is to put it in, in, Context for Final Fantasy 14 players is there is scalable dungeons and you can scale them up. So imagine you could scale up the tiers of Palace of the Dead. And so he had cleared floors 80 to 90 and he's trying to find a group to clear floors 60 to 70 for the week for a weekly lockout. You have to do this to remain relevant to hop into your Savage Raid. So you're like, I don't even like Palace of the Dead, so I just wouldn't do it. That's not an option. And so you have to do it. And then we have an app that was created as a third party to help track this. And so he has a score of his best ever 80 to 90 run. And he now has to live up to that score and use that score for the chance to be considered. And then people were knocking him out because of his spec, because of a job. And so like they were saying, you're not even relevant. So there are, there are stories of where people were literally brought to the, they have a PDE invitational, like the, like the feast invitational, but for the people who are best at doing this, imagine a palace of the dead invitational and Faros is going up against, and it'd be awesome, right? There are people who are invitational level players. They are in the top 25 or 40 players in the world at this style of content. And people are going, yeah, but but you're the wrong spec, though, because they can be yeah. so out of balance. They cannot. They're like, and, and why would they not just trust them? Because if you screw my run, I take a penalty. And now next week I have to try to clear 50 to 60 to get back to 60 but, to 70 so I can get relevant raid gear. But, you know, it's the best part about your explanation right there, Chris, is that you're saying that you have to do this for a weekly lockout. Like, I didn't even need the weekly lockout. I just wanted to go do a dungeon <laughs> because, because I actually like Mythic Plus. <laughs> I actually like it. I'm just like, I just want to go do some Mythic Plus for fun. I couldn't even do that. I didn't even need the lockout. I was like, I had already done it. People suck. That's how, that's how bad Warriors were at the start of BFA. It's like, I couldn't even get into groups for fun. I played BFA by not going to Zandalar or Colteris. I just didn't go there at all. I spent all of BFA going back and clearing, learning how the transmog farms work going and oh. investing in alts. I, I disliked BFA so much. I was like, what a great chance to go back and play all the things I missed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he did. And I did. I spent two years doing completion. And and like, are you playing BFA? And I was like, that yeah. is the load screen that comes up when I boot up the application. Yes. How are you liking it? Well, I mean, I just finished a World uh, Warlords of Draenor achievement that I'm pretty excited about. <laughs> like, I don't know. Are you mad about the new uh, changes to the, you know, whatever? No, I, I don't know those. I'm not doing it. So I just couldn't what, do it. What I remember that Brian didn't like wow when you guys played together all that much. I, I mean, I guess I you liked it. When you, I liked yeah, it when, when I played, played with, with people. Chris, and then yeah. I ended up I ended up spending a lot of time alone. And that's where the phasing and and that's just was like, okay, I'm just and then all of a sudden I was like, what am I doing? Like it it just was that kind yeah, of thing. Like just all right, completely disconnected. You know, and so yeah. I was like, and then it, it had me rethink how I have like invite people into 14 because you can also have that same very alone experience in Final Fantasy 14. Yeah. And I was like I don't play MMOs to be alone. And one of the differences is that when I'm playing, even if I'm playing a single player story, I'm current. And so there's people always around. And so it's like, even like when I like seeing other people in game, even if I'm not interacting with them, that's, that's the appeal of the MMO to me. And that's what I get in 14. But then you go and actually, that's one of the biggest critiques I had with 14 back in its past was when everybody was in Eureka and all the zones were just gone. Like the, no, you didn't, I didn't see anybody anybody and i was like i'm discovering eureka right now i think it's pretty fun eureka's great but everybody was like there wasn't any alternate thing where with embosia like you're out doing fates and so i still see people in the zones now 
But whenever you know, I'm not seeing people, I'm just like, what is going on? Like that's early that's zones for Eureka may have been more dead during Eureka than they are right now. There's been a yeah. fascination with the Osmo Mount now. And so there were people at each stage as opposed to during Stormblood, people were always on the current stage. Right. And so there was this train and you were always walking down the tracks and you're like, oh, can I catch the train? But but the reason that was exhausting is you're like, well, if you run really, really fast, you can catch the train. Oh, cool. But then you have to stay on the train. Yeah. And so that like, so like your, your reward for running a marathon is at the end, you can now hang on to the back of this thing. Uh, and so it made it really hard to keep up mid expansion. And I think the Shadowbringer system with all these more like, oh, well, go do Alex raids. And you're like, oh, I've never done Alex raids. Well, what a cool chance to see that story while progressing your relic. Okay, cool. Do I have to be on my character? No, level another character. So there's been aspects of the Shadowbringer system that have just been so just play the game. Um, and we'll just, Landless. we'll just give you, because the relic is not, it's not the best in slot until literally the only point in the expansion the that end. doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Until the final tier has been cleared. People are already, that that's it. That's the first time that the, the relic is, is relevant at a top end best yeah. in slot standpoint. Yeah. Up until then, it's good. It's plenty good for casual content. Um, so it's for all the casual players, like I wish it was better. It's more than good enough for all forms of normal content. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love let, how it goes. Let me just say something real quick. You know what, Neoconquer, you play 14 alone. That's what you get for downvoting my video. Dude. <laughs> All right, I gotta, I gotta get some food. I'm hungry. It's, it's late. <laughs> Thanks, we for like, yeah. I think we spent longer in the post show than we did in the podcast. <laughs>